0: Good morning, good evening, good day, and good afternoon. This is the Alt Kings Podcast. I'm your host, Tate, and today we have Sabwar.io on their marketing lead. Vendy, how are you doing today, man? Doing well, Tate. How about you? Doing well. It's an exciting honor to be able to host, you know, Salvador.io on the Alt Kings podcast. This is actually, I believe, the first Avalanche NFT sort of, you know, not necessarily project, but it is a marketplace. It's just the first Avalanche chain, I guess, vision that I've hosted on the show, which is exciting. But my first question for you would be, you know, what inspired you to create software.io or be a part of this team? What was, you know, the envision that the founders had? Sure. Uh, well, first, I want to start saying honors ours if we're the first uh, representative of AVAX on here.
1: Uh, pleasure to be here. Definitely. And um, of course, so... The vision behind Solver.io was that our founders were um, successful business developers and um, entrepreneurs on Web 2, and they had already established one of the um, like the top three uh, freelance marketplaces in Europe. And they pretty much got everything they could out of Web 2, and like government government restrictions and uh, you know what have you they were looking for a new challenge, so they decided to venture into Web3. And uh, what Avalanche offered in terms of uh, technology and DeFi uh, really attracted them, them to the space, and there, there's a booming art scene on Avalanche as well. So they uh, figured uh, they had this conception of a marketplace that is there to uphold art in the first place and also to reward it's users, it's investors, DGENs, DeFi people, artists, collectors, everybody. So they set out to create this uh, marketplace that our tagline at first was the marketplace that Avalanche deserves. And um, so that's how that got started. And organically, bit by bit, we've grown. And
0: currently, I think recently, we've become the leading marketplace on the Avalanche NFT ecosystem. Wow. That's incredible! Congratulations. That's definitely a big accomplishment, regardless of the chain. If you have, you know, that total control over where the NFTs are traded at, you kind of have really total control over the chain itself. So, I mean, that's you know, that's one step in the right direction. Why kind of did you choose Avalanche over other competing chains by chance? i because I've never really spoken to any Avalanche project, hence kind of why you guys are the first. But I'm just curious, kind of what pulls people to Avalanche. What's so special about their technology? Well, for me, it was first I went, I
1: moved to Avalanche. I started out in Ethereum uh, as a collector. Then eventually I got my start at Web3 as a moderator as many do. And I founder um, founder on Avalanche right now, we're well known, a good developer called Minifridge uh, asked if we could help out with this new collection he was launching on avalanche which is now monkeys if avalanche fast about monkeys and um so i went there as a moderator and i got a sense of the ecosystem and um the gas fees were the first thing that made a huge difference to me because there's a lot of gamified things on there a lot of trading going on and the gas fees were so incredibly low compared to ethereum and so much more faster that i was like okay this is pretty cool but what essentially tied me to the red chain, uh, like definitively, was the community that we had back then going on. Uh, was a small team of uh, woman artists, their collectors, some um, uh, what's the word here, uh, like high high gold. <laughs> Couldn't think of the word. Some developers with high goals, and um, it was just a booming chain, um, blooming, I should say, and. That's what attracted me there in the first place. And I met my now team members there first as their collectors. They were well established artists of the scene. And um, one of them is actually a, a founder of of, a, of an art organization in Turkey right now. And hey, well, I, think awesome. that's, yeah. I think that's how they got in touch with uh, our leading dev and one thing led to another, and um, some of our advisors were following Avalanche very closely as well, and so for me personally, it started out as a collector then, like a community thing, and for them, our artists, and uh, all the others, it was basically the fast, cheap transaction, um, sleek, uh, easy-to-use blockchain and the great community that attracted uh, attracted us to Avalanche in the first place.
0: After kind of what you said, Avalanche kind of reminds me of some of these other tokens out there, kind of like uh, Hedera, HBAR, uh, Algorand, you know, Cardano, XRP, tokens like that, where it's like they're able to with take very high transaction volumes and withstand, you know, the transactional cost it takes per transaction. And you need that for any marketplace and or ecosystem that wants to scale and wants to bring in, you know, tens of hundreds of thousands of users on a daily basis transacting with that native currency. You kind of need the scalable solutions rather than being like a chain like Ethereum where everything's pretty much broken half the time. But, you know, besides the point, I really like where you guys went with the sustainable approach. It seems like AVEX was a smart approach since you guys are now, you know, kind of the leading marketplace over there. What have been some of those challenges you've faced, you know, creating Salvor.io on Avax? Has it been have you had challenges with, you know, the community itself on Avax or has there been any technical issues that have been, you know, resolved that have came across your journey? Sure. Um the main challenge I think was the
1: uh, organic development because when we first launched it was the height of the Bear market on avalanche specifically, Uh, volumes all across the place were down, and we launched alongside it. It was a it was a interesting coincidence because we launched alongside like um, I think three or four other marketplaces, and the sentiment back then was we had two leading marketplaces, and the community the main feedback we got was do we really need another marketplace. And in all honesty, the first time I heard about Salvar I had the same thought about it. You really need a marketplace, there's already uh, low volume schedule costs anyway. But when Spaceful Thought, um, my partner and uh, our uh, team artist got in touch with me, he gave me a quick little speech, a little bit of alpha about what Salvar had planned uh, for the future, what we then referred to as the master plan. Um, which uh, we'll get into later, I assume, um, in, involved, like, listing pools for NFTs and gaining of a token while waiting for an NFT to sell. And it just seemed very nice, like a very novel, uh, innovative idea to me. So I that's what sold it to me. And the main challenge, I would say, was to ha- being, have to uh, just sit on that for a couple of months while it was being built and, uh, you know, trying to convince people that yes we do need another marketplace because this marketplace is going to bring something uh neat in the future but i can't tell you about it now but trust me you're gonna love it was the thing and uh thankfully we had a our flagship project art soup that launched with us which uh brings one one artist together and so one, one artist starts a piece and the other one finishes it and it's a it started out as a single collection back then and it's what kept us afloat so to speak, during the bear, we became known as that boutique marketplace that deals in 1-1 arts at first. That's how we were able... not a bad
0: way of being looked at. Yeah.
1: It's how we were able to um, uh, survive during the bear in the competition. Then when we launched our uh, master plan, so to speak, with the listing pools and whatnot, we gradually started to get more volume. And then, you know, we built it together with the community. It wasn't all uh, optimal, maybe, at first, and community has some concerns, and uh, we have an innovators channel on the Discord, a special role for our community members. We build it together with them, with their feedback and everything, and um, all in all, we just uh, kept our heads straight, uh, didn't get involved in any drama that can arise in any uh, Web3 community. And, uh, we just kept our heads down and, you know, kept building,
0: uh, and organically we just grew into the marketplace we are now today. That's incredible. So I kind of actually want to dabble a little deeper into this, you know, what makes Salvador so unique compared to other marketplaces? What is that master plan? Well, the master plan involved mainly our native,
1: uh, our platform zone token, which is called the ART token. And. The master plan started out very simple. It was, we create a listing pool for select uh, NFT collections on Avalanche, say monkeys, the one I mentioned earlier. And what it does is, it, so there's no exploitation of it. There, there was a max price when we first launched it. So there's a price range that you can list as NFT at. And uh, when you list it, you immediately start earning our, our token, uh, on-chain and real-time. You could harvest it at any time and it then led to a twofold decision for the users. They could either uh, swap it for AVAX right away, uh, turn it into money, or they could further stake it in our platform and that will start uh, earning them VART. We used to call it back then, but that became a little confusing for the people so we changed it to salver power and um so salver power the more you earn a stake art the more salver power you start earning there is a max cap for people um and basically salver power is a percentage and the more percentage uh of salver power people have the more they get from the revenue distribution protocol, and I think this is the part that really distinguishes Salwar from others, because Salwar currently still, from the launch of the master plan, distributes one hundred percent of all the platform's revenues and fees to the art stakers. And currently, I think we are close to—if we haven't passed—but I think we are close to almost fourteen
0: thousand avax distributed to our art stakers. That's big. That's that's amazing, man. And I, I really like the approach with that. I think it's, you know, very clever, especially very genuine at the end of the day giving back everything, not necessarily taking any sort of cut back into the company itself to disturb, disperse for other reasons. But it just shows, you know, it, it shows true authenticity when it comes to things like that. You're, you're innovating, you're creating something that's unique, engaging, interactive, as well as, you know, overall, it's one of those things that not a lot of people really expect because, you know, their whole goal is to come onto the come onto this marketplace or another marketplace on chain, buy the NFT. If they want to keep it, hold on to the values that come with it, so be it. But there's always going to come a day in most cases where people sell their NFT. But if you have it listed on the marketplace, you could be earning some additional value besides, you know, having that NFT listed. And so I think that's where it's like you starting to get the best of both worlds now, even if you don't want to list the NFT and sell it away. So it's it's quite interesting and very unique. So I, I, that's exciting to hear. First of its time for me. The thing about that is people
1: um, regard it as, as still do uh, some of them as staking one's NFT. And we always, uh, I mean, it's, it's come a long way since then. We have different uh, collections that you can stake or different weight power is distributed now. Um, but since we first started, we always, um, are careful to make the distinction that this is not staking your NFT. And I should say your, the NFT gets a uh, for two days if you pull list it. So if it's an NFT you don't want to sell, do not list it. We always say this because we, we've all lost some, uh, valuable NFTs, uh, on there, because, uh, you know, whatever happens, but, yeah. uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So, you know, my next question really is what is some advice you would give to other entrepreneurs who are thinking about, you know, creating an NFT marketplace. Obviously you aren't necessarily the founder, but you are, you know, the, the lead marketing guy. What what has your experience been with marketing an NFT marketplace on Twitter, on any other social media platforms that you might go to? What's that been like? My experience has been,
1: I think, a- Avax uh, being on Avax for a long time now. Um, I think the, the key thing I would always say, and I, I've like had my own project before, I was a moderator, and all that. The thing I will always say is keep it organic and have patience. You're not going to get uh, overnight success. You're not going to get uh, like 10,000 followers or like 100,000 followers overnight and do not buy bots, do not get bot followers because anybody who is a genuine uh, investor or a serious person is going to check your followers and I always yes. do. And like it's, if somebody applies them, they're like,
0: oh, we have 400,000 followers, I like go and check because there isn't that. Even the account left. of 10K plus. Yeah. A lot of oh, those searching k plus accounts, it's just like, bro. We can either tell based off your engagement that you're a fake account with bots, or we can just tell through the bots himself, just not really backing up anything. Exactly. Anybody with uh, like the basic research
1: skill is going to be able to tell, and that's just going to kill your yeah. credibility right away. So, yeah. Um, I say just keep it organic, keep building. Uh, you got to think if you're starting a new marketplace. Am I bringing something new to the table? Like I'm There is a lot of marketplaces out there, but on Ethereum, on Delana, they all have like some features that make them unique, the ones that we know of. So you got to think, uh, first and foremost, before you even get started, are you bringing something unique to the table? Are you actually going to make a difference or are you just going to be another marketplace out there? Because if you're just going to be another marketplace out there, then I mean, I'm sorry for delivering bad news, but you're probably not gonna make it or yeah. you have to, I don't know, bring maybe the Labs into your marketplace or something and something that
0: your branding's gotta be spot on. It's gotta be like one of one unique and it's gotta just everything has to work a thousand percent. Yeah. And if one thing falls, they're just going back to where they natively came. Yeah. And the uh, marketplaces do tend to also
1: uh, people tend to stick to their mar- favorite marketplace. So if you're a new marketplace entering, don't be a, a, um, don't be I don't know what's the word for it. It's, it's a second language. I'm sorry. Something discouraged. Oh, yeah, discouraged or angry or disappointed, whatever, with the people because people will. It's it's the same thing for anything. It's the same thing for brand of sneakers, cigarettes, t-shirts, whatever. People will have a favorite brand and they will use it. Unless there's a reason to use another one. So you need to have that reason. Uh, you need to figure out your brand voice, your marketing strategy, what your product is, and you got to keep it organic. And B, this is the most important thing for anybody building in Web3, whether it's artists, a collection, or a collector, marketplace. Engage with the people. you have to. Yeah. Uh, work out what slots, uh, Twitter slots work for you. Which in which ones you get the maximum engagement? Join Twitter Spaces. Uh, are we supposed to call it X now? I'm sorry, uh, that's just not sticking. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, just keep it organic, just keep it engaging, and figure out what separates you, and just work your brand voice
0: uh, around that. I guess I can say in summary. That's a great points. Kind of said it better, to be honest with you. What are your thoughts on the current state of the NFT, you know, market? It seems as if we're still in the bear, of course, things are pretty dry with liquidity. I mean, we get some spikes here and there of, you know, consistent liquidity or spikes in just increased volume, but what are your thoughts on everything going on? I think we are currently
1: entering the, like the main transition phase. There needs to
0: be something that... There needs to be another fallback. It's got to be a big setback for a big comeback, I think. Yeah. I think we're on the
1: stage, you know how when the internet was first created in web 0, it was just for checking stocks, emails and news. And yeah. people were saying like why would I I don't need that. I have a newspaper. I, I, what the internet has become today, it still carries that weight of, of the web 0 times, but it's so much more. And I think the time of web 0 in relation to web3 is coming to an end. nft started out as images being sold online for great uh great amounts of money i mean and it became evolved into one of the utilities that i think will still be present in the future when there is mass adoption i i do believe there is going to be a mass adoption which is the uh like the i think it's now the fourth because the second one already happened, like the Renaissance of digital art, and all these creat- Oh, and now AI has come along, and I think art is going to remain to be a utility. But I think for this bear in NFTs to end, it's not just tied to crypto. Uh, for I think for the bear in NFTs to end, there needs to be fresh blood coming into the scene, and people like celebrities buying a couple of H doesn't cut it anymore. For, <laughs> no, we, not at all you know it's it's a different gonna be larger institutions yeah you know, larger institutions coming in like real life utilities some projects are already working on this uh real life utilities yeah. like passes like things that utilize the technology of what a non-fungible token is whether it's gonna be i don't know id cards um membership passes or whatever you might think of that's going to that's going to make people on web 2 look and say oh i guess nfts aren't just these pictures of monkeys that used to sell for 1 million dollars because that made a lot of people angry and i think it really stalled yeah. the mass adoption because people were saying this is stupid you're selling a picture for it. and it's i think um pulled us away from what nfts really are which is just the next step in technological advancement
0: in uh, authentication and I think definitely. I, yeah. You met, have you heard of, you know, the Creator Pass recently? No. So, the Creator Pass is something that Mr. Beast just promoted. Obviously, he's like one of the biggest influencers on YouTube. Uh, but he, uh, is well, one of his most recent videos. He promoted this league called Creator Pass and. It's basically bundling up some of the biggest influencers in the world. They all get together. They all group up their uh, their fans. And their fans can buy these passes on this website to support them. And turns to find out that a lot of these creators didn't realize. But these passes that they're buying are actually NFTs. And so some creators are actually stepping out of the whole entire uh, like creator tournament thing that they're trying to build up. Because of it being using NFTs. And then a lot of other people are uh like just the fans and stuff are kind of hesitant because you know nfts get this really bad stigma that people don't necessarily want to you know support them because they think they're just quote unquote risky scary dangerous volatile who names it you can name it all and people will give a reason to say why but um so basically nfts are pretty much getting backlash from you know, larger influencers, creators, and people in that sort of influential space. And it's unfortunate to see because a guy like Mr. Beast who goes out of his way to kind of market this, bring it to life more for the company building it, I guess he didn't necessarily know NFTs were behind it either. But it's just the fact that although nobody really had any understanding that NFTs were going to be, you know, backing this sort of vision, the moment they hear it, it changes everything. Yeah. And it's like they're completely changed now. And it's like they're vultures in a sense. So, like NFTs, I don't want this. I don't want this at all. And it's like, bro, why? It's wh- yeah. it stores it. One, it holds its value. It's not like you're just buying an app for five bucks and then the next thing you know, you delete it and then you don't even have it anymore. No, it holds its value. So, anything, it's going to be unchained forever. And you could even sell this potentially down the road. And two, there's probably going to be so many more additional values, like just benefits that come with it, it just only makes sense for it to be, you know, something related to blockchain technology.
1: Yeah,
0: but I think but yeah, like the main thing you said,
1: like you said, is NFTs have this stigma around them, the same people hear the word NFT. Um, It's just, you become under attack, and it's, um, you know, the more people there are, in the room that you said NFT the more of a mob you're facing. So Yeah. Um pretty much. I mean, I think that um there's two things. As I said, one, people need to be somehow on maybe change the term from NFT to digital collectible or whatever. Because digital collectibles are a thing. Video games have them. I don't know. Um uh, other stuff have them probably. And um so maybe just change the name to something more um, something that people will like or rebrand it yeah and the second line side of yes <laughs> and the another thing is if the money comes in somehow something happens and there's just another this out of the blue because you, you don't know out of the blue there's this another uh like a second NFT bull and all of a sudden, all these apes start going for millions again. And people are just like money left or right. And artists are saying, oh, this is amazing. I'm getting into this again. There's going to be another sect of people who, who will be hating it because it's a technology they don't understand. They, they don't understand how people are making this amount of money in it. It's just a handful of people making that amount of money, but still they're going to be feeling that FOMO. And I think that FOMO is what turns into anger, but regardless. I think this gonna also bring in new people as well because when there's money to be made somewhere, people will go into it. Yeah, yeah the birds will flock. Yeah, so I think the current state of the NFT market is it's it's. I don't think it's very sustainable in the very long run, but um, we don't know if uh, we don't we can't tell what's gonna happen in the future. So there's always a chance that another bull's going to come. There's always a chance. somebody's going to do something that's going to onboard people. But, um, I think we'll, we just have to give it a while and see because there are still new people coming in. There are still creators, people who utilize the technology. So as we say in the, the bears, the time we ain't got to be building. So when, and if the bull comes, uh, that's, that's going to determine the people who are going to make it.
0: Definitely. Show me some AVEX projects real quick. What are some of the top NFTs on AVAX? Top NFTs on AVAX. The one that I think many people will go
1: to is Ferdy Fish. Uh, Ferdy Fish is a drawing of like a cartoon fish. It's a PFB. It just gained insane um, value and volume. The team behind it are creating work very well. Um, there's always a uh, shout out to Campfire, our competitor, friends and competitors here mr josh hughes collection cuttlefish is a collection of one one drawn cuttlefish all colorful very nice we got the legendary tap tap kaboom bringing in um collections mixed with technology in his very dreamy uh, colorful style and then we got What's your favorite communities uh, out of the one ones my favorite is an artist that hasn't been around for a while now he sometimes dips in drops some fire and dips back out called Burger picks. Uh, he has this like dark greedy uh, style like this dark greedy horror style which I really like. Um, then we got my friend Dash uh, who is one of the founders of one of the good community one of the great communities on AVAX called Black Flag Pirates and there are a, a couple of one-one artists. Who have separate collections, but they have this captain's collection, which is, uh, they draw a, you can see it on my PFP on Twitter as well. It's a collection of 1-1 hand drawn captains. Um, that's like nice. a whole rule set to get into a different time on this court. And uh, I love one-on-one art, Wing to Count. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, they're so named all of them, but yeah. Yeah, I know, that's how I guess also. If people ask me to name all these NFT projects, sometimes it's just like somebody to choose from and I don't want to disrespect others and, you know, not include them. And I just, yeah, it's always hard to pick. Uh closing thoughts, you know, on Sauber IO, what's the future looking like for you guys over there? The future is looking
1: it's looking very bright. You it's a very we are building we are right now. Um created just recently even we've formed like I think uh, around like five or six new uh, partnerships with all these great builders in these communities our v2 has just started rolling out right now we are awarding art uh so you know liquidity to people for making offers on nfts we've launched like offer pools based on traits even um and lots more to come on underway way. We have an initiative called the Don Quixote Initiative, where we support uh, one-one artists and give them all the support they might need, marketing, tech, or art direction-wise. And, you know, I think the future is looking good. We're We're building together with the community. The community is
0: going strong, and I'm really excited for the future. I agree, Vandy. The future is looking great. I just want to also say once again, thank you for taking the time to join me on this podcast. It's been a real pleasure. Learned a lot more about Cyberware.io, and I plan on venturing more into the AVAX chain. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all enjoyed watching this podcast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and I will see you all next episode. Peace.